Good afternoon. My friends, on March 31st of 1987, Daryl Barwig, who was 19 years old at the time, killed a young lady by stabbing her 37 times at her apartment in Panama City. For that despicable act, he was convicted of first-degree murder, armed burglary, and attempted sexual battery. And the jury unanimously voted for the death sentence. During his long wait for execution, Darrell underwent a profound conversion experience and came to the faith. He enjoyed reading the scriptures and praying the rosary every morning. And each day at three o'clock in the afternoon, he would pray the chaplet of the divine mercy. Recognizing the change in this man, the prison authority made him the caretaker of his fellow inmates uh, on death row in the prison. Then Darrell met Father Dustin Fedden, a priest from the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, who happened to be a classmate of mine from seminary. A word about Father Dustin. He's a very, very gentle soul with a brilliant mind. Holding a doctorate in philosophy, you think that his entire focus would have been on academics. But no, Dustin had a deep passion for prison ministry. In fact, he founded a nonprofit organization called St. Joseph House to support the reintegration of formerly incarcerated individuals into the community. And Father Dustin and Darrow struck up a very special relationship. Well, because even though Dustin has been involved in prison ministry for over 10 years, Darrow was the very first person that he accompanied all the way to his moment of execution. And on that day, Father Dustin gave Daryl the last rites. Then he took his place among reporters and others in this viewing room. And he said, I was not prepared. Not prepared for how macabre, how sinister it is. And truly it was a brave act on the part of someone so gentle and kind. But Father Dustin had promised Daryl to be there for him all the way until his last moment. He wanted to be there for him in a room of people filled with contempt and hatred for him, who somehow saw him as less than human. He wanted to be there for Darrow just in case he needed someone to look at whom he knew saw him as a child of God, as someone cared for and beloved. And Father Dustin said it was like watching 
a horror film. You don't want to look at it. You want to look away. And I'm already thinking what I'm seeing right now, I can never unsee again. And yet I wanted to be there. I want to be able to establish eye contact if he just happens to look my way. With a profound compassion, my dear classmate had found a lost soul laid buried deep beneath layers and layers of dirt. The dirt of his human brokenness, the dirt of his past sins, and the dirt of contempt and hatred that other people had thrown at him. And somehow, oddly, Father Dustin's experience made me think of today's gospel, telling us about the parables of the buried treasure and the pearl of great price. The the conventional interpretation of these parables indicate that the kingdom of God is that buried treasure, is that pearl of great price, and when we have found it, we would give up everything in order to possess. As I said, it is the conventional interpretation. However, today, I'd like to propose these questions. First, can we look at these parables from a different perspective? And second, is there a possibility Is there a possibility that the pearl of great price and the buried treasure could be us? You and me for whom God went to a great extent to look, for whom once he found us, has given up everything, including his own life, in order to save and to have. And let that thought sink in for just a minute. Could it be possible that we are the pearl of great prize? Could it be possible that we are the very treasure for whom God went to a great extent to look and for whom God is willing to give up everything to have? You see, my friends, recently some Studies were published indicating that 85% of Americans suffer from low self-esteem. And so unless you and I belong to the 15% who constantly float on this cloud of bliss and self-actualization, There is a high probability that at some point in life, all of us might not have felt very good about ourselves, might have been plagued with moments of self-doubt, might have been suffering from bouts of low self-worth. My friends, there are teens and young adults with such terrible self-image that they starve themselves, that they dabble with drugs, that they even attempt to self-harm. 
There are adults among us who want to numb our pains with alcohol and other destructive habits. There's so many of us wrestling constantly with those terrible questions. Am I good enough? Am I lovable to anyone? And this issue is only exacerbated with the use of social media. It creates such unrealistic expectation about what a really good life is supposed to be like, what people are supposed to look like, what we're supposed to have, and so on. What it really does is to create this obsession an obsession with external appearances. And people go to a great extent, anything possible, just to be acknowledged, admired, and accepted. Meanwhile, that pain, that ache of feeling small and insignificant and lonely and unloved still weigh heavily on our minds and on our hearts. Am I good enough to be loved? The gospel today tells us that yes, absolutely yes. No matter how deep we lay buried beneath the layer of dirt of self-doubts, no matter how often the world around us make us feel so small and insignificant, no matter how often betrayals and rejections have made us question whether we are good enough, whether we are worthy of love, there is a God. There is a God who looks at each and every one of us as if we are the best thing there is, since the creation of the world. And in fact, he knows that we are the best thing there is since the creation of the world. Why? Because he said so himself in the book of Genesis. For him, we are the buried treasure. For him, we are the pearl of great price that he's willing to redeem with the blood of his son. You see, my friends, we see each other's appearances, but it goes without saying, appearances can be deceiving. No one but us knows the demons we wrestle with. No one but us knows what and how we see ourselves. But regardless of how we feel sometimes, May the words of this beautiful song that you and I have known so well be a reminder for all of us of the powerful message that today's gospel seeks to instill in you and me. And it goes like this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you, and you are mine. 
have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you and you are mine.